We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Halo. This is Derek C. Apollo with a guest today, Jeremiah Geiger from the Marlins 9 podcast. We're here to preview the Marlins and Angels for this weekend's, well, I don't know if you want to call it a showdown with the Marlins struggling and the Angels iffy, but it's something. It's baseball. First things first, before we get to Jeremiah, here's a word from our sponsorship, the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. 
Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Uh, your Marlins uh, having some issues. I am trying to understand this franchise. I have been for about 20 years now. Maybe you can shed some light on it. I, I've never seen a team that, that held two World Series championships, two fire sales. Um, from, from far away lands, it looks like it's a, a franchise that has lacked direction for a long time, but yet there's lots of young pitching there. There are some prospects that are interesting. What is your overall view of the Marlins right now? Yeah, man. Well, first off, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's an honor to be on and talk some baseball with you. But the overall direction right now as a fan base, I think, is impatience. And um, you look at the last few years when Jeffrey Loria sold the Marlins and Bruce Sherman took over a new ownership group and eventually hiring a new general manager in Kim Ang, um, we knew there was going to be a rebuild in place. We knew the Marlins were going to have to endure some losing seasons. But um, with the core they built up, especially the starting pitching, um, there's a lot of optimism around this team. However, the offense and the hitting is just so far behind uh, the starting pitching and the talent that they have there that you see um, a lot of the struggles come from from that side of the game. And right now the Marlins are hovering around 500, but uh, this West Coast trip has not been kind to the fish at all. They dropped two out of three in San Francisco and losing three of four to the Rockies, who aren't a good baseball team. If you want to compete, you have to beat um, that type of team. And so it's frustrating right now. And just to add some context to what you're saying right now, the Marlins have the worst run support in the National League, 181 runs. They are third worst in Major League Baseball behind Cleveland and Detroit entering today, which is May 25th. Yet, given the lack of run support, there are minus 49. There's a lot worse you could be. That just tells you really how bad the offense has been. and. My gosh, what if you just average a run more per game? That's it, just a run more per game. Where is this team at? Well, I, I think you have to add at least five, six, even seven wins to the total. This team would be sitting above 500 because you you look at the starting pitching and you have Sandy Alcantara, who a Cy Young pitcher last year, he's struggled a little bit deep into ball games, but he has the worst run support of any single major league pitcher this season. And it's been a problem for the last two, three years. Um, you know, with last year, the Marlins acquired Avisail Garcia and Jorge Soler in, in free agency and really was the, were expecting to see power production from both of those. Well, Avisail Garcia has been downright awful uh, wearing a Marlins uniform. Jorge Soler has been has been terrific this season, but other than that, when the injuries start piling up, and the big one was Jazz Chisholm, who's currently out for about a month more uh, with turf toe, 
you're starting to plug and play players in who not who aren't necessarily major league quality hitters, and that's where the Marlins get in danger because you can start to see a losing streak if 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 you don't get it back on track. And, and right now the Marlins are in that um kind of that balance of where does our season go? We're at 500. We have the pitching to compete, but we need guys to step up at the plate. Do you see that happening? I'm looking at the stats right now. Luis Reyes has at 371 average, and then Brian De La Cruz at, at almost 80 points lower than him. That's your next guy average-wise. Home runs, Solaris, 14 home runs, 30 RBIs, and, and pretty much there's nobody else in the lineup that even comes close to him in production. Is there anything, maybe, in, is there anything in the farm system that could be, that could be called up, and what called up, that could make a difference perhaps, or is there a trade out there that has been talked about that maybe help improve production for the, for the Marlins? So what we're looking at right now, in my opinion, is in the next three weeks or so, if the Marlins are still around 500, um, I would expect them to go out and make a move and try to get some production offensively, whether that is shortstop or, or the catching position. Catcher has been an absolute travesty. Jacob Stallings, to, to, uh, to this date, has been the worst offensive catcher in, in my experience watching the Marlins that I've seen. Um, they're just getting nothing from that position. And the fans, the fans are wanting to compete. Ownership has come out and stated that they are ready to win. Well, you got to put your money where your mouth is. So, yeah, I am expecting to see a trade happen in the next three to four weeks, if if they can continue just staying afloat, I definitely expect that. Well, the Marlins have a reputation. I'm, I mean, I don't mean to offend, but they have a reputation for being well cheap. They across do across the country. They do and um, pathetically cheap. To you know, there was a time that you know my dad lived down there, and I, I refused to go see a Marlins game down there. In, in that new stadium, because I felt like they had ripped off the fans. They they all they did was just hoard their money. Uh, I remember the reports coming out in that years ago, alongside the Pirates, of just how much money they were hoarding. And, you know, after a while, your reputation, it, no reality or not, it sticks with you. Perception is reality. So have you seen anything from ownership that is giving you a sign that they're serious, that they're actually going to go out there and spend money? Or is this another case of them just blowing steam? Well, we saw that last year. I think last year was where Kim Ang really dipped into the pockets of um, the ownership and spent some money getting Jorge Soler and Avisel Garcia. That was the a couple uh, two moves really that Marlins fans were excited about and thought that that would improve the offense considerably. And as I mentioned before, Garcia is on the injured list. He's been on the injured list for two weeks or so now and has done nothing and has just been terrible. Jorge Soler is playing himself into what could be an all-star appearance. So they hit on Soler, at least this season, and with the trade for Luis Arias, I think um, definitely give credit to the front office on that one. Arias has been one of the best hitters in all of baseball, best pure hitters in the majors um, when they traded uh, Pablo Lopez to get Arias. But you you need more. And I said this um, earlier, even after the Arias trade, it wasn't enough. Looking at the current roster, it wasn't enough. 
and you've seen that because this season with the amount of young, controllable star pitching they have, they're a game under 500. You have to improve the offense. And at this point, like you said, your reputation, your reputation precedes you. If, if, if Marlins, if the Marlins don't make a deal and they're even remotely close to contention around the trade deadline, I would be very, very disappointed, extremely disappointed in this, in this team. Now, looking at what you have in terms of assets, what, what are some assets you expect could be moved to get that hitter you're looking for? So the first thing you have to look at is the, the pitching. And the Marlins have a wealth of starting pitching. And that's what allowed them to dip into their, their system and give up a, a solid number two starter like, like Pablo Lopez or, or Luis Arias. But they still have more. You have, you have young guys like Edward Cabrera, who, who is a mainstay in the rotation this season. Um, got about 13 or so starts, I believe, last season and showed flashes of greatness. Power changeup, extremely, uh, you know, velocities there. But he struggles with command and he's very inconsistent so far this season. But he's got all the talent in the world. And you go, you go into the minor league system. Jake Eater is a guy, a big left-hander out, out of Vanderbilt. Um, coming off Tommy John surgery, he's another name to look for. Power stuff. Dax Fulton, he was a third-round pick a couple years back. Um, really developing well in the minor league system, which the Marlins are very good at, is developing mm-hmm. pitchers. They're not good at developing hitters, however. So that, that's where that, 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 that's the problem. So looking now ahead of the series, the Angels have won five of the last six. They're, they're having a nice homestand here. They just swept the Red Sox. And the pitching matchup, to me, is interesting right away because you're talking about young pitching. Well, Jesus Lizardo versus Reed Detmers. Reed Detmers was our number one draft pick a couple of years ago. Um, the guy who just struck out 12 his last start, but has been inconsistent. Reminds me a little bit of Mr. Cabrera, who's also pitching in this series. Um, how do you see this this matchup on tomorrow night looking in terms of Luzardo versus Demers? Well, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it because Luzardo is having a breakout season for the Marlins. Um, coming over from Oakland, he struggled immediately. A lot of fans were kind of up in arms when that trade happened, the Starling Marte trade. But Luzardo has been the most consistent pitcher for the uh, for the organization this season, and I'm expecting a good pitching matchup. Like you said, Reed Detmers, you know, really impressive, really impressive kid. Um, Luzardo's going to come at you with a hard fastball, really good breaking ball, and it's going to be tough um, for both offenses. I think going into tomorrow, for sure, for sure. And then Saturday's matchup, you got. Um, Ed- Edward Cabrera versus Shohei Otani. Now, I, I'm sure you're you're at least a little happy to see Otani. How do you see this oh, matchup yeah. shaking out? Well, I, I think you got to give the edge to the Angels. Without a doubt, I think you would be crazy to say otherwise. Shohei is one of my favorite players in all of baseball. I mean, the guy can do it all. Um, I'm just excited to watch him uh, more than anything. Do the Marlins, I mean, it really comes down to 
They're hitting again. I mentioned Edward Cabrera. He's very inconsistent. If the if the Marlins um, don't manage a way to find to plate runs against Otani, I don't I don't see this matchup going very well. I think the Angels have the favor by far. Um, look for Cabrera to work on his command. If he starts to struggle early in his command and walk hitters, he won't go deep into ball games. Um, but definitely, Angels have the edge on that one. And then last matchup, last matchup here, Sunday afternoon. And I, I got to tell you, I'm I'm excited to see a lot of these pitchers that Florida's bringing, Miami's bringing over. I got, you know, several of them are on my fantasy baseball team, I admit. Yuri Perez, I went and got him immediately, and he's matched up with Patrick Sandoval. Another good young pitching matchup. Something tells me we're not going to see a whole lot of runs scored this weekend. Tell us about Yuri Perez, though. Yeah, Eury Perez has been one of the most hyped and anticipated prospects since in the Marlins system since Jose Fernandez. Um, you know, signing out of the Dominican Republic, he's only 20 years old, making his major league debut this season, and he completely act, he completely skipped AAA. The organization felt he was ready to come up from AA. Um, has not broke 90 pitches in a matchup. So they're going to take care of him. They're not going to overwork him. But man, let me tell you, he has all the talent in the world. I, I really look at him as a generational type talent. Um, he's very close with Sandy Alcantara. And if you look at them side by side, their mechanics are very similar. He struggled a little bit in his most recent start versus the Rockies. But after the game, there was you know, he was saying the altitude really affected him, um, being able to breathe at that high level, that high altitude. So I look for him to go at least four or five innings. I don't see more than six. The Marlins are going to take care of him. But when he is on, he is on. Hey, you know, moment you said Colorado, I'm like, yeah, I mean, nobody looks at that start in Colorado and it takes anything seriously there. I mean, no way. No. You know, and it's unfortunate that it's how it has to be. But when you're literally a mile above sea level, nothing works the way you want to work, humidor or not. So I I didn't take anything from that game. Then and be like, oh yeah, this guy's garbage. No, no, you don't think that. Oh, you think okay, it's Colorado. It's that's just how it's going to be. It's Colorado. So when you look at the series overall, three games set. How's this? How's this shake out for you? How many games do, do the Marlins take? How many do the Angels take? So right now, I think it would be foolish to say anything other than the Angels have the advantage. The Angels are on a roll. They, like you said, they just swept the Red Sox. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they're five games over 500, 28-23. And Miami is struggling. Um, apart from the one game in Colorado where they broke out for 10 runs, and of course it's at Coors, I expect... Uh, with the pitching matchups, though, I'm really looking forward to Eury Perez and how he uh, comes back from his Colorado start. I think the Angels take the first two, and I think Miami takes the, the last game on, on Sunday. I think Eury Perez pitches a really good game, and the Marlins get the final win, but Angels win the series. My, my guess also, just um, I'm just checking because they've been sitting trout 
once every eight or nine games. And I'm willing to bet, given that Sunday game, that they sit trout on Sunday. Okay. I'm well, that, would, that would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm checking the schedules. If if um they're hitting the road, yeah, they're going to Chicago for Monday. Uh, so I would not be surprised, even with the, the off day today, as we're recording this, I would not be surprised if Trouty took Sunday off. So that's a thought. Don't be surprised. I think he'll definitely have a day off this weekend for sure. So, you know, I, I do have a question. I mean, thanks for talking to us about the Marlins and where they're at. But Alcantara, uh, what is going on with him? He's not the same guy this year, but I, I don't, I'm not convinced it's, it's anything more than a than a glitch. What's What's going on with him? So Sandy wants to win more than anybody. He's got that competitive fire and he wants to finish every game he starts. And sometimes that gets him into trouble. Um, we got a new manager this season, first year manager, Skip Schumacher. And if you look at the advanced stats, Sandy's actually pitched very similar, if not better than his start of last season. The ERA is bloated. And that is because it seems that when it comes into the late innings, there was a game against Chicago a couple mm. weeks back. I remember it. where he's pitching a shutout and he's over a hundred pitches and skip the manager leaves him in um, for the next three hitters after it's clear that he's running out of gas and the Marlins end up winning that game in extra innings. But it's it's just one of those things where he hasn't closed the deal like last year. Last year, you know, he's at 105 pitches in the eighth inning. He gets out of that. He gets out of those jams. This year, he's gotten a little bit unlucky, I would say, um, on one or two pitches, leaving one over the plate, and then that's where the damage comes from. So oh, the, consensus, the consensus around the fan base right now is we're waiting. We're waiting to to see him get back to his consistent um, Cy Young self like last year. Um, it was progress to see him go six innings, only two runs in Colorado, which is a notorious hitters park. Um, and we just got to hope that he can c- continue that success onward. I remember that game, the eighth, the eighth inning game. And I remember because I I have them again. I have them. I'm 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 pretty Marlins pitching heavy on my fantasy baseball team. I'm not gonna lie to you. And um, (laughs) yeah, when you see good pitching, and Alcantara is on a lot of my teams, and I'm sitting there just watching the game and going, they they're not keeping him in now. They're not keeping him. They kept him in, and you saw it right away. And it it blew my mind that. Because a lot of times when you see a pitcher going eight and they head in the ninth inning and you're like, okay, we'll, we'll give him a hitter. We'll see how he does with that first hitter. All right. Now you see the result. Right. And you're still keeping him in. No, get him out of there. Get him. And they kept him in. It, and that's not on, that's not on him. That's on your managing. That, that is, you gotta, you gotta know where your players are and get them out of there, whether they're happy about it or not. And I, I put that on managing and I, I oftentimes, you know, I, I get mad at managers that won't let starters work through issues, but sometimes you also got to realize where they're at and take them out. And uh, that happened that day. That ticked me off, mostly because of my numbers. I mean, that mess, I was, ugh, messed up my ERA for a couple of teams. But 
<laughs> that's how you wreck. That's how you wreck a player too. You know, that's how you you that you you fray that manager player relationship by making a dumb decision like that. Well, it also messes with their psyche, you know, because yeah. you you put Sandy out there for the ninth, and he's going to go out there. He wants to be out there, but let him end on a good note. The last thing I'll say about that particular game was. Um, after a, I think it was a walk and a single, Cody Bellinger comes up, a lefty. You have AJ Puck, your left-handed closer, who had been absolutely dominant to that point. It was so obvious that you had to make the lefty-on-lefty matchup, and that's on the manager, like you said. But um, you know, Skip's learning, and I think he's trying to establish, and he has established a winning culture. It's just about at this point finding the talent to to get in that groove and make mm-hmm. a run. Well, hey, can you let people know where they can find your work? Uh, I, you, you mentioned earlier you have a young podcast, a little over a year old now, and you definitely know your stuff. So even though we're all the way out in California, especially if you're a fancy baseball guy who likes pitching, I'm sure they want to hear your, your thoughts on your pitching. At the very least, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, so the podcast is Marlins 9, um, the Roman numeral 9 IX. You can find my podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it's um you you get your pods from. And you know, I just I, I bring on guests. I, I run a lot of solo pods and everything is Marlins based. And for all you Angels fans out there, uh if you're curious about another team and want to learn more about prospects or you know the the little niche details about the club feel free to hop on it's it's a fun pod to do um and thank you for having me on on talking halos it was really enjoyable to talk some baseball uh, thanks so much for having for, uh, for for coming on our show every year now every year now it's no longer once every 4 years or every 8 years you play last year yeah. you play this year so Next year, series in, in Miami, we got to do this again. Yeah, and I'm all for it because the more I can see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, the, the, the better. Although, oh, Shohei, maybe not for the Marlins. Shohei might, might, might not be here next year. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> well, thanks so much, and yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right, folks, there you have There's our preview of the Marlins Angels series. Thanks again. You know. It's always good getting knowledgeable podcasters come on the show, talk on their team, and being able to to articulate what's going on. We want to get that full view. So thanks again. Um, check out his podcast. Go check out this man's podcast. He he, he really puts some serious work into it. Um, that's the Marlins Nine with the Roman numeral Jeremiah guy who runs the show there. And we'll see you soon. We're out of here. Mm-hmm.